are listening to the Freeform Rock Podcast with Mark Alden Taylor. All right, back with me, Brad Whitford, Derek St. Holmes. Guys, thank you so much for doing this again for me. Absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely. I know you're doing all the big guns out there, and you're doing my show, and I really, really do appreciate that. Absolutely. Uh, I you know last tour was very bare bare bones man you yeah. guys just really you and Carlos and now you got a PR firm and management and everything else a little harder to score this one score this interview but uh, once I talked to you guys it was cool so so now you guys are playing nonstop damn near every night how are you holding up because I've been following you for three days and I'm exhausted so how are you guys doing we're doing good. Um... We're doing good. Yeah. We are. We're doing good. I mean, we really are. We yeah. just got to make sure we get enough sleep and enough food, and we're fine. Yeah. Sleep is the thing. You know? Yeah. It's all about eating yeah. sleep. Yeah. But we're doing great. Thank Quick you. question I got to ask you. That Q song, Before You Come On, that has the Rolling Stones in it, what is that? That mashup? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, a mashup between the Temptations and the Rolling Stones. That is so <laughs> cool. cool? Yeah. Way cool. Yeah. First night I heard it, I was like, all right, what you know. Yeah. Where'd you get your hands on that? <laughs> that was our merch guy's idea. Okay. Yeah. Now, Derek, I want to ask you about your voice. Mm -hmm. Is it a little bit tougher in the big places to sing than it is in, say, a club like this? Um, no, I think it's it, it, it's about the same. There's just two different, you know, it's oranges and apples, you know, but it's basically the same. <clears throat> Sometimes, like, uh, what was the last one we just did? That big, big, the last night was... Wellmont uh, Theater in New Wellmont. Jersey, now, yeah. There, right? uh, yes, sir. Yeah, now that one was really easy. Yeah, it seemed to be. Because it just throws it, you know, yeah. building through the voice way out there. So that was easy. But generally, you know, any kind of, you know, the sheds or the, or the big theaters, it's easy. It, yeah, I don't have a problem with that. Because it seemed like at Coney Island the other night when you first came out, you were trying to, like... You know, you could really hear yourself, and then you kind of grabbed the mic and adjusted it, yeah. and you know. Where was Coney Island? I'm sorry, not Coney Island, yeah. Brooklyn. Yeah, <laughs> Brooklyn. I got it wrong. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I was gonna go. I, I always wanted to go to Coney Island. Don't tell me I went to Coney Island didn't <laughs> and it. didn't and didn't remember. <laughs> no, Brooklyn was um, Brooklyn was good. That was nice. Yeah. Yeah. Now you know, I say to a lot of people too. You play in New York, and you know, Brad, I don't have to tell you, or you for that matter, Derek, a lot of times you get, eh. Yeah. New Jersey, they loved you guys yeah, last yeah. night, man. New Jersey was right? Could you feel the, the, the yeah. different vibe in New Jersey? We felt the love in New Jersey. Yeah. yeah. They were like killing it, yeah. man. They Definitely were, killing it. Yeah, one of the most enthusiastic crowds so far, so that was very cool. And you know what I noticed too, within one or two songs of you guys hitting the stage, because I gotta I, I almost hate to tell you this, but the people around me were like, Who is the opening act? Right. And I'm like, fucking Brad Whitford, man. Yeah, we know. Yeah. Derek St. Holmes. We know. And as soon as you guys hit the stage, all of a sudden people are like bopping and they're like, Hey, hang on a second. Yeah. yeah. This is good stuff, well, which leads me back to what you said when I interviewed you the first time. You said, you know, it's like a Beatles song the first time I heard when I fell out of bed. And I had said to you, I said, these songs are so instantly recognizable mm -hmm. that you come out and play them and you can just hear it right away. It's not like you got to decipher it and try yeah. to figure it out, yeah. you know, yeah. mm -hmm. straight up great rock songs. Yeah. 
I can't get enough of the album, and I'm not just telling you guys that. We're not either, because we're the same way. We listen to our own album. That's unheard of. <laughs> yeah, that's we never listen to that, our own nobody, stuff. Nobody, we don't. I've never done that before. Never. <laughs> I listen to it almost every day. I'm like hooked on it. I got to tell you. You know why I listen to it? Probably my favorite lead guitar players on it. That'd, well, be, that'd be Brad Whitford. This guy plays so much lead on oh my God, Stranglehold. Yeah. I said, Ted who? Yeah. <laughs> Look out, Mr. Nugent. Now, I'm going to go out on a limb here. Uh-oh. You realize you are potentially probably the most underrated guitar player in rock and roll. Yeah, you you know that. Next yeah. next next to me. But next yeah. to you. <laughs> Actually, yeah, the two of us could fall into that category. Yeah. Uh... And so many of my friends say it, and I read it so much. Oh people God. are like, Brad Whitford is the most underrated guitar player yeah. in rock and roll because you're more mellow. You know, when you're with Aerosmith, Joe's out there running around, and I, there's many times I've seen spotlights on Joe. I'm like, Joe's just playing rhythm. Yeah. What are they doing? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. I'll see Stephen go, "Yo, over here." You yeah. know, <laughs> still so ha still happens to this day. Though. Yeah, unbelievable. Do you know? And I could prove this to you. The first time I saw you in '76 at the Garden, which you opened mm -hmm. for, in the program it said, "Brad may not be as famous as Joe yet." But give him time. They actually put that in the program. Wow. I don't remember that. That's funny. Yeah, yeah, I was quite surprised to see it. I'm like, yeah. they're not that new, yeah. you know. <laughs> um, give him time. Yeah. You know what I got to ask you, uh, Derek, because yeah. people have been asking me. Yeah. Derek St. Holmes. Yeah. Who is St. Holmes? St. Holmes is, is uh, I don't know, it's a made-up name, I think. I think my grandfather made it up. He was probably on the run. <laughs> I, think, I think he was the, the Native American side of the family. I think he killed a white man down uh -huh. in North Carolina and just started running and changed his name. But why would you change your name to that? Because that's an yeah. odd, odd freaking name. But, yeah, I, I truly don't know. You know, all he knows is just St. Holmes. But, um Sometimes it's David St. Hubbins, sometimes it's yeah, That's why I ask, and I didn't want to bring that up. But people are like, yeah. is he from England? I'm like, no, not at all. And they're like, how did he? I'm like, I know, it's a, such a very rock and roll name. It's yeah. like Derek St. Holmes, yeah. Yeah. you know? David St. Hubbins. Now, you know, we've been playing the hell out of the album. Ooh, I had bought great. the... Uh, on the last tour, I bought a copy of the reunion album, mm -hmm. and I checked it closely. There was nothing that said not for, you know, only for promotional use. So mm -hmm. I thought it's okay to put it on my station, Absolutely. play it on my show. I put Absolutely. it on the hour because mm -hmm. I wanted to see people get it. Mm -hmm. And I was tweeting you guys. I don't know how, how many of your tweets you actually see mm -hmm. to let you know I was playing it. And I said, okay, I haven't heard any cease and desist or anything like that. So I guess they're cool with it, you know? We, we're get, getting ready to see more of our tweets soon <laughs> yeah i had a feeling i'm like i don't think these guys check it no no but that's great and um you cannot hurt us by playing that you well that's kind of what i thought you can only yeah. help us yeah yeah um if it stirs somebody to go wow okay i just heard this i'm gonna go look oh wow it's on itunes boom i'm gonna buy it if the guy buys it it's a win-win yeah, exactly. So thank you for that. Oh, you're. I yeah. again. I want to bring it to the people. Well, you know, I share everything you guys do and say, look, you guys are missing out. You have got to hear this, you. man. Thank you so much. You have definitely got to hear this. Um, so now you're taking a two-week break in a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. Back on the road. Mm -hmm. What's in store after this last uh, these last dates of the tour? 
Um, I just asked Brad that, and he didn't know either. Okay, so so, so, so I'm not going to get pick an answer. Up, no, no, you're not. I mean, we're. I think we're getting ready to try to pick up a bunch of things in Florida. Okay. And then um, we we are going to shut down because soon he's got to go to where South, South America. America with Aerosmith. Yeah. And he's super happy so, about that. I get. I I sense that. Yeah. Now, Brad, I got to ask you, where did where did the South American tour come from, like out of the clear blue sky? When it was like, well, Aerosmith's not going to tour this year, and then all of a sudden there's, you know, a bunch of dates in South America. This has been in the works for quite a while. Yeah. yeah. I've heard about um, it for a long time. Um, and, of course, it, you know, nobody talks about it here because it doesn't matter. Nobody's, you know, nobody's going to see it. Um but it's been been in the works for uh, for, for for a long time. But I, I got to ask you, why go over there and do a handful of dates and not do anything over here? Well, that is a very good question. That there's no answer to. Well, that I don't have a good answer for right now, other than the fact that, you know, Stephen um, has been made himself uh, kind of invisible mm. through his country thing. It just hasn't been around to do anything. Uh, so, you know, that, yeah. that kind of leaves Aerosmith high and dry for the moment. Which I know nobody's happy about. We talked about this last time. And, you know, I got to tell you, I went to see Stevens concert at Lincoln Center. Oh, and I said, you know what? Hmm. You know, 20 songs, 14 Aerosmith songs. You got a band waiting for that. Like, yeah. you know, it didn't make sense to me well, at all. Yeah. yeah. Now, I'm sure... Go ahead. I'm sorry, Brad. No, go ahead. Okay. We'll talk about that. Off, uh, off mic. Yeah, yeah. Mm, plenty of questions for that one. All right. All right. All right. The last Aerosmith question, because when I come here, I like to talk Whitford St. Holmes. Mm -hmm. I don't come here to talk mm -hmm. Aerosmith. Um, but, of course, you know he talked to Howard Stern yesterday. He said the final <laughs> tour. Did you even know about it, or did you hear about it on the Internet? We heard about it. No, I mean, we've been talking about you know, labeling maybe started to label it to next year a farewell tour only because we're not sure how much longer we'll, we'll be doing it because everybody needs it, to it stay healthy be five years long do you so, know i kid you not on could facebook be like the kiss farewell tour well i heard steven say oh you know kiss has done how many tours and who's been on a farewell tour yeah, since 82 yeah. and i actually posted the thing from howard stern i said nothing to worry about this will last at least five years so yeah, not too worried I, I, about I it at so. all. I, yeah. Now, tonight you guys are headlining. Yeah. So, obviously <clears throat> a longer set tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys have been burning through the album. Last time you did a solo uh, show, a headlining show, I should say. Shapes, Rock All Day, Hell is on Fire, Tender, Tender is the Night, Hot for You, uh, Gotta Keep On Moving, Whiskey Woman, Catch My Fall, Shy Away, you did a little jam, Shake It, Last Child, uh, some Hey Baby, Train Kept Rolling, and Stranglehold. Mm -hmm. um, is that the kind of set we're in for tonight? Well, Sharpshooter. Pretty, uh, right, pretty similar. We may throw in, you know, we have a couple others that mm -hmm. we have uh, in the uh, in the account we can make withdrawals mm -hmm. on. You know. <laughs> um, but yeah, it'd be pretty much that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Pretty much the, most of those songs. Yeah. Maybe a little switch here and there. Mm -hmm. And you know, your set before White Snake, although it's short, is very, very powerful. 
you know, doing your songs and then coming in and doing, you know, Last Child, Hey Baby, Train and Stranglehold, which again, you smoke on that. It's incredible. You know, last time, last night I saw you two guys and you guys were looking at each other and you could not have been happier. Oh yeah. You were just looking at each other with big smiles on your faces and I was like, this is what I like to see. It makes yeah. it all worth it for these yeah. guys. We thought we were humble pie for a second there. Did you now? I've always been a big, uh, big humble pie fan. Yeah, man. Oh man. But you know, I remember going to see Humble Pie live. You know, with with Peter Frampton and Steve Marriott and. And when those guys hit that stage, man, it was life-changing. Yeah. That's kind of how we, we, we don't, nor, I mean, we don't necessarily think we changed any lives last night, but I mean, we were in that zone last night when we got up there. We were in a really good place. I could feel it. Yeah. Because I've seen you a few times now yeah. to know, you know. Mm -hmm. um, in my opinion, Rock All Day should be a single. Yeah. That's I, a good one. Love that one. And I'll tell you something else. I think Catch My Fall mm. could do great over every possible okay. chart. Yes. So I had the album on today, Showering, and I was like listening to it. I go, you know, this could do good on, I hate to say it, adult yeah. contemporary yeah, or whatever. It's just such a beautiful song <clears throat> that you. people would love. We're going to try to get that one out as well. That one's definitely just a single as a single goes. Yeah, yeah I yeah. agree. I agree. All right, yeah. I know you guys are busy. I'm not going to keep you any longer. Sure. I can't thank you enough because you did all the big guns out there, all the big media things. You were cool enough to do me, and I can't oh, thank you guys you. enough, man. I'm oh, a big fan. It means a, it means a lot. Thank and it also you. means every time you tour, I'm going to be on your ass to get I another like interview. It. Well, it's fun to look no out problem. there. No <laughs> problem. It's fun to look out there and see you out there because I've seen you in the last three, four, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, dude, I'm exhausted. I know. <laughs> You're like us. I know. That's awesome. Thank you. You are very welcome. I'm going to wrap. I know you got a meet and greet. Yeah. Uh, Brad Whitford, Derek St. Holmes from Whitford St. Holmes, everybody. Yeah. Welcome to another edition of the Freeform Rock Podcast. Today we have Lee Gershman and we have DJ Sato, right? Is that Sato. 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 Yeah. Sato. He was What's up? What's up? Hey, uh, Pimpier, uh, what you do, man? Real Bro, quick. Well, I'm a DJ for CraniumRadio.com. Uh, DJ Walter and Jeff got me running three shows. Sundays, you can catch me doing my Spectrum show from 3 p.m. Eastern till 7 p.m. Eastern. Tuesdays, a more metal format show for me called the Midday Massacre, where I specify mainly in metalcore and degent genre. But I've also been known to throw in some extreme metal music from time to time in there. That runs from 4 p.m. till 7 p.m. And yes, it's going to be frowned upon by all establishments. I actually run a hip-hop show Friday called Old School. Three hours of hip hop from the 80s up to today. Uh, today, I should say. From 3 p.m., no, from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern Standard. All on Cranium Radio. I actually like old school hip hop. I don't like the newer stuff. But I like, uh, no. like NWA, Dr. Dre, Eminem. Oh, yeah. yeah. Bismarcky. Bismarcky. Like, I like all that shit. I like the old Curtis, stuff. Beastie Curtis Boys Blow, is my favorite, though. Curtis Blow, Young MC. Oh, Young MC is awesome when he had Flea on Bust to Bust to Move. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah. that yes, that I think yes, after indeed. after MC Hammer did Can't Touch This, I thought not only is he kind of taking MC as the name and not being good, he's his music was like the difference between a good piece of cheese and just a rapper. 
you know, um, um, like like a, a plain paper wrapper, you know. Um, um, he wasn't that good, but Young MC, MC was great. Yeah, he's pretty good, man. I, I, I even bought that CD when it came out. I loved it. <laughs> oh, yeah. My my fondest first memories of uh, hip hop. I was in Rye Playland, New York, which is uh, it's an amusement park in Rye, New York. Uh, I want to say about maybe twenty five to thirty five minute drive northeast of the Bronx. And uh, I went on a school trip with my buddy Teddy. We were probably in fourth grade, and uh, there's this ride. I don't know if you guys know it, but if you go to the um, Six Flags down in like Valencia over there, Mark, they have a uh, that little Wonder Woman ride, I guess it's not the Wonder Woman ride, but Flash Gordon, where you sit oh. your ass, you sit your ass in the seat, and you kind of just sit in the ride, and it spins you forward and backwards. Oh! They had that concept in New York, but there was a DJ on the booth, and the guy, huh. the first rap song I ever heard was DJ's Bob Bass. It takes two. Instantly was sucked to hip hop right there, man. Wow. Just the beat and the ride was awesome. Yeah, yeah that's that was that was awesome shit back then. I love Run DMC. I love the Beastie Boys. Beastie Boys is actually what got me into listening to hip hop, and then I liked Eminem because he made me laugh. <laughs> so, oh, okay, I was I was mostly I liked LL Cool J. His, I loved LA Cool J. Mama his said Al knock Mama you out. said knock you out. That one I bought. I was, but and he went on that, tour with a real band. It was like awesome. Yeah. Um, Mama said, so, knock you out. Yeah, him and Curtis Blow were the only two rap artists, really, who I bought. Well, then you have Blondie doing Rapture. That was pretty cool, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was pretty cool. I love the Beast Boys. Yeah. I had that CD when it first came out. I just I yeah. just love rhyming and stealing and Brass Monkey. and Me and, uh, me and your old partner, uh, Bushy, did a review on that. It's pretty cool. Ah, right yeah, there. I know he's a huge beast. Well, not huge, huge, but he admires Beastie Boys. So I don't know what happened to the show last night, man. It was a uh, pretty, pretty intense. <laughs> That's what happens. You have too many beers. Well, I didn't get on it last night. Usually, yeah. I get on his show, man. I love listening to Bushy. I don't yeah. know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, huh. he's, he's talking about loyalty, and I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, I, I was loyal until I was bashed upon. Is why I went on the free agent market, and I was picked up. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I heard that. Wow. That, that other, uh, what internet radio thing is like, bitching at people. So I, I, I listened to him. I listened to yeah. all that stuff on there. Basically, I only listen to Bushy and Doctor Fuck. And uh, Sarah, yeah. Sarah's pretty cool too. Yeah. yeah, there's there's um there's one called the Classic Metal Show. I like them because they're all sassy and they're all like they're they just say a whole bunch of shit, you know. <laughs> I'm like, did and, you say sassy and metal in the same sentence? Oh wow. <laughs> um, sassy yeah. to me, but sassy's kind of like. I don't know, sassy, but I think like sassy pants, you know, when I hear the word sassy, yeah. it's like they're well, trying to I be... They, they say like, um, so, Mr. So-and-so has a flag up his ass again, they say, yeah, Mr. Dick who wants a pussy, or, you know, he's, he's, you know, stuff like that, oh. like, like, like they're, they're talking about, um, well, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a link 
because um, if, if I say some of what they say, I don't want any of the particular rock stars who they're talking about to get on my case. Right. You know, but 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 yeah, they they um um do some interesting shows, and um they're like um in, in interesting people. So the classic metal show, um, and then there's um hmm, there's one that I'll, I'll I'll send you some links to. Um, it's two guys who they do. The only two groups that they ever do are Kiss and Jethro Tull. Because one guy wants the other to do Kiss. And so the other guy said, well, if I do Kiss, you do Jethro Tull. So, oh. so, so, um, and, and, and they do like maybe one episode every six months. But that's because they're saying we've grown tired of Kiss. So it might take a few more months for us to get through the next album. But when they do, they're they're actually interesting, and they they um, they talk about like they they compare, for instance, in one episode they compare one of Paul Stanley's tune to Eddie Rabbit's "I Love a Rainy Night," and I'm like, oh my god, that's genius the way they do it. They they're really sassy. They have some interesting viewpoints, and um, I I think they only have two listeners. So if we get on board and say hey to them they might have two more or three more listeners i subscribe right. to them on uh on my um what is it podbean classic metal show mm-hmm. right um yeah um classic metal show and then the other one if, if if you go to youtube um and and call call it kiss and tell and um and then the word movie boozer like one word like movie and then B O O Z E R movie boozer. You'll find movie boozers YouTube, and then he has a kiss and tell um, thing, and and yeah, cool. That's that's the other guy. They they just do it kind of like they're they're kind of like um, us, except with less of an audience, and they are only motivated to do it maybe every once every few months you know so they're very <laughs> yeah. small but but they're funny and i like them funny is definitely awesome. yeah definitely yeah. checking it out if you're recommending it it's got to be good I'll, <laughs> I'll i'll definitely give both of you links cool i i already subscribed to them on the uh my podbean feed you uh, mean the um classic metal yeah the classic metal or, show I haven't okay. really listened to them yet, but I subscribe to them because I've seen some pretty good shows. I get I get really washed away with listening to, um, you know, the Doctor Fucking Ian show, and um, fucking, uh, also yeah. also the Decibel Geek, yeah. and Decibel also Geek's Mitch really LaFon. I, it's so hard to listen to all these podcasts. It's like so many good podcasts out there. I can't listen to. The, to them all, <laughs> you know. I like I like Mitch and the plug also. We, I listen to the plug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, Your that former really podcast. One. <laughs> but but yeah, um, but Mitch Lafon does good because he's able to get some interesting people on his show. Yeah, I like Mitch Lafon. He's he always answers me back when I message him. He's pretty cool. Oh, okay. I haven't tried messaging him, but yeah. If you message message him, he would write me back. I know he would. Yeah, but Michael Brentfold now follows me on Twitter, and so I'm, maybe I don't want to go into 
um, um, you know, like, um, what you would call, um, um, step over a party line. I'm kidding, mm-hmm. but you know what I mean. But I don't no, listen Michael, to him because I heard he Michael was a Graham. total dick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, with me personally, I would not say that, but that's all I'm going to say about that. Okay. Everyone has their own opinion, <laughs> but yeah. That's cool. So let's get into this album. We're doing the 1981 album Whitford St. Holmes. The former, at this time, Aerosmith guitar player, other than Joe Perry, uh, Brad Whitford, and Derek St. Holmes, who sang for Ted Nugent. Frickin', I never heard of this album. I've been meaning to listen to this album, and thank you, Lee, for bringing this album up. Because oh, no wanting, problem. I've been wanting to listen to this for years, and I've just been so lazy. It was also produced by uh, Judas Priest producer Tom Allum. So this oh, is yeah. really cool, man. So, um, Lee, how did you get into this record? Oh, you know how when we've done other episodes and I say I have to give a shout-out to St. Vincent de Paul? This is another case of that. I found the album in um, St. Vincent de Paul, and of course, being a fan of Ted Nugent and being a fan of Aerosmith and getting every album that they got because I was a completist of course if there's going to be an album with two members outside of that I'm going to get it just like if there were any other members of the band at that time I would have gotten them I, I didn't know that they had now out, but when I went to that store, I saw it, and for like, um, I think that was a 35 cent album, but I was like, whoa. And so I got it, and I listened to it, and I went, you know what? Wow. You know, I thought these two guys outside of their own groups, um, they, they have what it takes. Because I think it happened when both those guys were outside of their other groups. Like, Brad Whitford wasn't in Aerosmith at that time. And um, Derek St. Holmes wasn't in Ted Nugent. And I figured it was one of those things. They wanted to keep doing music so that they did this as a way to do their music. And there's other albums and other artists who do that. And so I thought, okay, I bought it, and yeah, it it's it's an album that once you hear, at least for me, you, you remember it. It's very, very memorable. And Joseph, how did you get, did you just barely listen to it like me? <laughs> um, I, Joseph needed to go just for a moment, so okay. Um, um, he's gonna come right back. He's just getting water. Well, I just got into this album when you told me about it, and the thing is, I've been oh. wanting to listen to this album for a long time. I've just been lazy. There's just so much new music coming out lately yeah. that it's like I didn't have friends who listened to this stuff. I I loved Errol Smith. I loved. I didn't never knew about this. I loved Ted Nugent. I loved Derek St. Holmes' voice. 
I just never got into this. I don't know why I never listened to this. And I heard they released a new album in 2015. And I was going to buy it, you know, but I just lagged on it. But thank you for oh, okay. for bringing this album up because right I'm going to go buy it. <laughs> I love it. Yep. And now, um, Joseph, how about you? How did you get into it? Well, the funny thing is there was no way I got back into it at 81. I was still sucking on my mom's uh, titty back then. I was a baby. <laughs> But uh, actually, I was introduced to it by you, Lee, or actually, it was actually Mark who sent me the link, got me into it, and uh, when I found out it was your suggestion, I was like, this has to be an outstanding album if it's being recommended by Lee to listen to it. So, yeah, I literally literally got into it two days ago, so within 48 hours, and I'm still enjoying it. Wow. That, that... That, that reminds me of, I'll just say really quickly, there was this um, singer named um, Kelsey Walden, who I saw on YouTube. I saw her, um, you know, because um, she was on Audio Tree. And then so what I do is um, I, I couldn't see her whole outfit. And so what I do is I just look at the pictures on Google just to see what they were because I like how the women look. And she had tons of tucked in shirts. And... And, 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 and she was good, and I was like, holy shit, she's got a lot of tucked-in shirts. And then I saw she was performing in San Francisco next month. I'm like, fuck, I'm there. And, and it was only like a $10 cover charge. And then I was able to even um, um, talk to her. And, and, and then I bought her a CD. She touched my hand um, while, we, uh, while I gave her the money and everything. So I used that energy to do music. But she had her shirt tucked in then, too, because she always... Or a lot of times, tucks in her shirt. All, all I want to say is, so I found out about an artist like right away, and then I was able to go and see them, and and they were just as sexy as ever, and it was great. And so maybe in this way, you got another wow, good album right away. Right. Nice. <clears throat> and I hope that maybe Kelsey Walden doesn't hear this, because then she might think I'm a weirdo. But uh, never. <laughs> what do you mean? Think you are a weirdo, dude, and I love you. All right, well then a good, well then a, a, a nice weirdo. A nice weirdo. Right on. Yeah. Well, let's All give right. the history on this band. In 1980, Brad Whitford left Aerosmith. He teamed up with Derek St. Holmes, who had previously played with Ted Nugent, to form Whitford St. Holmes. Together with Dave Hewitt and Steve Pace, later replaced by bassist Chase Chitty and drummer Larue Rico. Baby and the Pacifiers. They went on the tour of the southeastern United States and performed performed before small audiences. Damn, I I think this album is awesome. I don't know why they had bad, you know, freaking. Well, if you know, for instance, without naming the particular Facebook groups, certain album battles, and people keep voting for the suck group in life people keep buying the suck albums and the good ones don't get there so if you know why I get angry at people's votes it's because it's not just people's votes it's also a matter of the market gets saturated with suck because people vote for suck I think I voted against I think I voted against you on some album battles here and there I, well, I just okay, then you only have suck. <laughs> no, but 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 you suck good vodka or good whiskey. Uh, so you're whiskey, good. whiskey and rum. Yeah. 
So you it, suck, but you suck good. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, Joseph. Yeah, no, it's I, I get what Lee's saying here, man. When you guys I see these album versus album posts being put up on Facebook, it's yeah. kind of like I, I break into liquor sense. So, for instance, if you got, let's say, a big old fancy bottle of Ciroc, and they're saying, hey, buy this, buy this. Yeah, you know, it's like being advertised well. And yet, Sky Vodka is like down on the bottom. Let me just say, it's usually the bottom guys yeah. who are actually going to outdo the top guys, man. So when you see an album, you're like, oh, I don't want to listen to this shit because this band is more popular over here and I'd rather listen to theirs. Yeah. Give the little guy a little shot because you know what? That little guy might outdo that big guy, man. Yeah. That's all I got to say on that conversation. So I feel you 100% on that, Lee. What? Hey, right on, man. I knew that it was a good thing to have you on. You know, <laughs> I, I've always um, I've dug your um, your um, philosophy and stuff. Well, yeah, I was surprised. I did an album battle on the Kiss Kiss Hard Rock and Heavy Metal page, Bill Wang's page, and I did one against the Vinnie Vincent first album in Badlands. And Badlands is kind of winning right now, and I'm like, wow, yeah. people actually like good music. <laughs> I like the Vinnie Vincent album, but the Badlands is really a lot better to me. I haven't heard it, so I'll have to try and hear it. You need to listen to the first Badlands. Ray Gilliam has a bitchin' voice, man. All right. Jakey Lee's on guitar, dude. Come on. <laughs> yep. So I was kind of surprised that people were picking Badlands on that uh, Kiss page. Oh, well, that's... Well, like I said, um, people... We'll vote for bad taste. Oh, sorry, no, I, I mean good. Well, I do like that Vinnie Vincent album, but the Badlands is so much superior to that Vinnie Vincent first album. Yeah, bad taste lands. No, oh, sorry, <laughs> Badlands. <laughs> yeah, Badlands is awesome. Well, let's get into this record. Let's get into the first track. But before we get into the first track, this is the first track that Lee picked. I need love. So here's I need love and the Freeform Rock podcast. <laughs>
That was I Need Love on the Freeform Rock Podcast. Why'd you like that track, Lee? Oh, this is like, um, it's not like Ted Nugent, and it's not like Aerosmith, but you can tell its elements from both these guys in it. And you could definitely tell that if Derek St. Holmes had been an actual, like, star in the same way that Ted Nugent was, and it was him against Ted, um, Derek St. Holmes would have been able to bring it forth and give Nugent a challenge because Derek St. Holmes did co-write a lot of the stuff with Ted, and he didn't get credited. And so this is like his way of letting you know what he can do and he goes on at full and it's a very memorable tune and I just really really think it's great what did you think about it Joseph? well me I didn't get into particulars of comparing these uh, this band to Aerosmith or Ted Nugent first of all I like Ted Nugent Aerosmith on the other hand to me like I said is like that big bottle of Ciroc that says hey baby all right. some of your stuff is not good okay the song now here and my interpretation of the song I took it as I took it as if Derek was singing for all the single men basically in the world he was talking to us about the type of women he was looking for the type of women that he found and unfortunately the type of women he let through his grasp and his fingers musically lyrically both are great I think this is a great song I didn't know if it was hair or glam metal but it fits to me kind of like that type of beat, man. I truly enjoyed this opening track indeed. Right on. Yeah, what I said, what a voice. Derek has, you know, he has a great voice. Whitford kicks ass on the solo. Need to buy this from the opening song. I want this album already because this opening song just said, fuck, how did I miss this, this album? It fucking kicks ass. I love it. Just from one song, listening to it, I'm going, fuck yeah, I love this song. Alright, and then we'll get into the next track, which is Whiskey Woman, which is picked by Joseph. So here's Whiskey Woman on the Freeform Rock.
That was Whiskey Woman on the Freeform Rock Podcast. Why'd you like that song, jo- Joseph? Well, to me, the song, my pers- interpretation of the song, Whiskey Woman. Uh, you guys ever seen the movie Perfect Storm? And there's the, the, the heavy set girl that's at the bar that falls in love with uh, the little skinny guy? Yeah. I, ha- I haven't, but I can imagine. That's that's what it reminds me. I'm, it's not disrespect to to women of any kind by any means. So I do apologize ahead of that. That's coming out the way. It just it feels like a a lone woman sitting at a bar, and here's Derek just trying to basically like pick her up and have decent conversation. Maybe perhaps she's a little too partied out. Maybe she's the type that drinks and doesn't want to be bothered and sits in a corner very weird where the song goes i just i love it because when i hear it and i played it over and over again i cannot get that picture out of my head of that woman in the movie perfect storm being harassed by the little skinny dude with the mustache that would be me (laughs) that would be me um lyrically musically it's a great track it's up there in the top five if i did a top five for this album it probably rank about number four of my favorites up on here for sure right on Lee, what did you think about this? Oh, I actually liked it too. It's a deep cut, and it's like it's not necessarily something that a lot of people have heard, but it's a good song. It has a very interesting sort of melodic sense, and it's a good second song. And it it has um, an element of it like... Um, a, a little, a little bit um, popish in some in in some areas, but but really rocking and just you know like you can put your glass up and say cheers and drink a little bit of whiskey to the woman. Yeah, I love whiskey, but the, I I said I love this song. Great rhythm, vocals are top notch. The break that goes into the solo is fucking awesome. I I've never really heard Brad Whitford because Joe Perry takes all. The notoriety in Aerosmith, but man, uh, Brad Whitford can rock. Brad Whitford can play. <laughs> it's like, damn, I never knew this that he could really play because I don't really know. Because it doesn't really tell you what solos he takes in the Aerosmith albums, but damn, he could. This dude could rock. Yep. Fuck. I wish I would have heard this album sooner. I want to go. I'm gonna go buy this probably on my Amazon account. I love this album. Then we get into track three. Hold on. What did you think of this, Joseph? Uh, me? Uh, I didn't really particularly like the song. I actually had it played about five times. Um, he is talking about holding on to I don't know what exactly. For my own reason, I don't like to hold on to anything because it usually tends to burn me at the long run. <laughs> uh, I mean... As far as I can find it, he's got a fr- great funky tune to it. That That is different. I mean, from the previous two tracks, that is noticeable. It is a funky track. Um, not like the first two on here, which is why I probably like it, but not my top five. So, I, I kind of liked it. It's kind of like a, like a six out of ten for me. So, I like the funk beat, but just lyrically, no, no. What'd you think of it, Lee? Oh, um, I liked it. Um, I wouldn't skip it. I would call it. It's not filler, but it's it's more of a deep track. It's not my particular favorite, but I do like it, and it's a decent song. 
and um, there's other songs that I have lesser opinions on in comparison, but it's an alright song. Well, I said about this, it's good, but it's a little repetitive on the chorus. You know, it's not like Triumph Hold On, what freaking just kicks ass, you know. This song doesn't kick ass, but I wouldn't skip it. It's cool. I think it is a filler track on this record. So, but we then we get into the fourth track, which is Sharpshooter, which was Lee's second song off this album. So here's Sharpshooter on the Freeform Rock Podcast.
Why Did You Like Sharpshooter, Lee? Classic song. It's like, um, totally great. It should have been... Now, songs like this don't become hits on the radio because they're too good, but it should have been a hit. It's like the chance for them to really shine, and it doesn't sound like Ted Nugent or Aerosmith, but it sounds like both those guys together, and it's one of the songs that they both wrote together, and it's just a party song. It's just the kind of thing where you can just get down and rock and I, I think that more people need to hear this type of song because it it has balls um, there wasn't a category called balls rock back then <laughs> but if but if there was this would be considered number one balls rock balls, balls to the wall right yeah so what some by the way so what do you think of this Joseph uh, first of all for all the Millennials out there this song is not the title of this song is not what you think. You're definitely not going to hear any reference to uh, Marine sharpshooting in this song. This song, the way I interpreted it as, it, as sharp, first of all, I broke it down in two songs, or two words. Sharp in reference as to meaning dress well. For, your, for those in the born 2000 to today... Looking sharp was the term that you would use that we use today, like looking fly, fresh, dope, hip. Sharp was the word that meant you were clean. You were dressed to success, dressed to su succeed. Shooter, on the other hand, is as you're seeking out. You're, you're looking to shoot to see if you can find something out there that's going to grab your eye and grab your attention. So I broke it down, put it together, and I took it as it's about a well-dressed man who's out and about in society who's just basically trying to find a woman to party with a woman to conversate with as lee would suggest a woman to shake hands with yeah. or maybe start some romance with other than that it's here here's another thing that lee didn't mention i don't think the rawness of this track this oh, track yeah. sounds like a demo this doesn't sound like it's studio uh filleted or anything this sounded straight up raw you can hear the static in the background, which I love that, you know, especially coming from an album as far back as 81. Great, great track, and I enjoyed it personally. Probably would say my top three song on here for sure. Yeah, it's like, it's totally raw. I love this song. What I said, a great drum intro with a killer riff that comes in. Love the vocal tone. Great song, and the solo by Brad Ridford really kicks ass. You know, I never noticed him as a guitar player because it's Joe, per Joe Perry always overshadows him in Aerosmith. But uh, I think the great Dr. Fuck said Brad Whitford his, is his favorite Aerosmith guitar player. And now I could see why by listening to this album. Fuck, he's so underrated. It's like, wow. Great song. And, and you could go back to the, what, ZZ Top, Sharp Dressed Man. You know, there you go. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, and then we get into track five every morning. Why you, did you like this song, Joseph? Uh, I had it. <laughs> this one right here, I liked because it had an ACDC feel to it. I'm not talking Axel DC, damn it. We're talking ACDC back in the day type. Uh, like who made who, DT. Yeah, that ACDC. Uh, chorus is a bit of a drop-off, personally, in, in my 
preference, I prefer the verses over the chorus. Uh, the song reminds me of a young woman at a doctor's office I see once a month, you know. She's, uh, I wish I could say I could see her every day, but unfortunately it's an every month day thing for me. So, yeah, I kind of have to wait another 28 days to see her again. But, uh, great song, man, by the way. Great song. I would put that my number one, actually, my favorite on this album. What did you think, Lee? Um, I don't think that. Um, I think that, um... <laughs> Oh, oh my god, this is Bon Jovi time. I was like, <laughs> yuck! I was I like, I, 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 I can skip this. This is like, okay, I'll be right down. zappy. That's what I thought. Yeah, what what I thought about it, have you ever heard the song Peter Wolf, Come As You Are? I, I, I think I have a traumatic non-memory as to I don't want to remember it, but no, I'm kidding. Um, it was that off of the album Up to No Good? No, that was off the album Come As You Are. Was oh, was track. that the one where he jumps in the video over yeah, and over Yeah, Come As You up. Are, Come oh. On. Woo, woo, Come As You Are. The beat, the music, totally, yeah. I think Peter Wolf ripped off this song on the music. It totally sounds uh. like Come As You Are to me. I said, this song is cool, but it it just every time I hear it, I hear... Come as you are, come as you are, woo, woo, come as you are, I don't come at all. The beat, the rhythm, the guitar is totally Peter Wolf, but this song was before Peter Wolf, so Peter Wolf fucking ripped them off. <laughs> yeah, but uh, what I was going to say is even though I don't love that Peter Wolf song, I like it better than this. Oh, wow. And then we get into track six, action. And what do you just, think about this, Lee? Yeah, um, huh, action was, um, um, to me, it, it was a, a decent and good song. It sounded kind of like the group The Sweet, even though they had a song with the same name. That isn't what I mean, but it has a more English feel to it, so it doesn't quite sound like the rest of this album, but I do like it. It's a good song. Is uh, Joseph there, or did he go down? Um, he, um, is getting water or something, but he went one moment. Okay, and so... And he will, he'll, he'll be back soon. I'll talk about this song then. What I said about it, whoa, kicks ass. Beginning music to, this is music to drive fast and get tickets with from the highway. Highway Patrol, you know, it's like Sammy Hagar, I Can't Drive 55. You know, a lot of people hate that song, but I love that song. You know, this is a oh great, yeah. This is a great track. I love this song. It just makes me want to get in a car, and just freaking blow the speed limits. You know, so keep talking, Lee, because we gotta wait for Joseph. Yep. Yep. Um, I'll I'll keep talking. I'm gonna say, if any of you have a chance to totally not get any album by Bon Jovi, I I would say, um, pick any album that you want and not get it. And then if you want to get another album by them again, don't get that one. <laughs> don't just say, oh, I don't want to get this one. Say, oh, I don't want to get any of them. But make sure that there's a whole bunch of people around. So what you do is you wait, and then you say, hey, come on over here. I, I want to show you something. And then when you get 100 people around you, you go and look, and you say, you see this? This is Bon Jovi. We do not get anything by Bon Jovi. Come on. And, then you away. and anyway, so now... Joseph's back, or he will be back in about five seconds. He's he's back now. 
I, I think uh, Ian loves Bon Jovi, right? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> All right. Well, they were talking about Bon Jovi, like Greg Barnes wanted to do Bon Jovi on the Ironcast, and they, like, stopped recording because of that. But I love Bon Jovi. <laughs> but what do you think about uh, Every Morning, Joseph? Oh, no, but it's action. What do you think about that one? Uh, action here. Action speaks for itself, in my opinion. Uh, Derek, to me, is singing about being lonely and, again, wanting to go out throughout the town or city or whatever and just find himself a way to party. You know, he's trying to teach you maybe ways of putting yourself out there, not to make yourself seem like a sexual demon looking to conquest a woman or not, but he's pretty much, you know, coming out there looking for love and looking for, you know, conversation during the night and... I think it's pretty good. Uh, the good, the short ass guitar solo on there was phenomenal by Mr. Whitworth himself. I thought that was fantastic. This track right here will probably put it at my number two. So my top five are already filled in here for you guys. So, huh? Nice. <laughs> yeah, we get I in, enjoyed it. Then we get into track seven, Shy Away. What did you think about this, Joseph? Uh, Shy Away. Uh. Uh, I don't know. Let's see. Shy Way, in my notes I wrote here, it says I was of this Shy Way kind of, to me it's a it's a downer a little bit. I looked at it as that way. I uh, don't want to hear about a broken heart lyrically. I just don't want to hear it. Uh, I, I, I've been going through a rough passage, the reason why I left the, uh, the podcast, and it's still actually carrying till today, which is kind of crazy. But uh, musically, I think it's awesome. The drums are fantastic. This track will keep your head bobbing for sure. Not not like the seriously like you're gonna sore your neck out, but you know, kind of like the you having a cigarette, got a beer in the hand, and you're just you're fucking enjoying the feel to the song. Me, like I said, shy away is just I don't know. Lyrically, it was just a little downer for me. I mm, it's not a skip because sometimes songs like this you really need to hear. Because uh, I don't mean to go off track on the album. There are sometimes when I get in my depression mode, I have to hear something that's depressing in order to kind of counterbalance what I'm feeling to put me back at normal. If you, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, it does. So, so to me, I, it, it's a good track. So what did you think, Lee? Um, I didn't really think it was horrible, but I, I, I thought it was it was better than... The song every morning, but it, it, was, it was, <laughs> bust my balls. <laughs> um, sorry, but I, I, I do that here. But anyway, um, but it, it, it was an alright song. It, it was um, decent. It, 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 it was like maybe seven or, or like six point nine out of ten. So, so it was alright, but but it was sort of filler for me. Well, I kind of agreed with you on that, Lee. I said it was killer filler, but a good song. Hmm. So, that's all the notes you got on that track there, Mark? Yeah, that's all I got on it. Because it, <laughs> it was kind of a throwaway track to me. Yeah, it didn't days, deserve to have any more explanation. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's wow. what I got on that. And then we get into track eight, Does It Really Matter? What would you think of that, Lee? Oh, that one was a really good deep cut. And it... Um, was like um, kind of a little weird, a little bit different for them, but I really liked it. I thought it was one of the songs that, um, even though people won't recognize it or, or know about it, it's good and it's eerie and it's cool. I, I really like it. 
What did you think about it, Joseph? Ah, this is a track I know when that speaks for itself. Does it really matter? I put in my notes I couldn't get into it personally. A little too oh. slow for me. And this one, absolutely out of 10 songs on here, this one I seriously had to skip probably within 45 seconds. I just, I couldn't get into it. Not even the three times I repeated it after. Just, oh. I don't know, oh. maybe my bets were off. What about you, Mark? What do you think? Oh, wow. I thought the drums sounded good. The riff was awesome. Cool song. I said I, I love Derek's voice on this, and I've always loved Derek with Nugent, but I never heard this album before, but I've always admired Derek's voice. So maybe a little filler, but I thought it was cool. And then we get into track nine, Spanish Boy. What would you think of this, Lee? Oh, this one was really cool. This one was like, um, for me, if I had to pick a fourth song, this would have been it. It it has, um, to me, this has the most, um, well, this has maybe one of the most representations of both of their sound. Like, it didn't sound like the groups they were with, but it sounded maybe the most like them like trying to show what they can do outside of their groups and i thought it was a really good definition of that and i dig it what'd you think of it joseph huh me right here i like this track right here this track man it has that funk feel to it and yes sato has a little thing for some funk music not like disco funk i'm talking like you know guitar funky rips that you just didn't think would sound good this one, I like the title of the track, Spanish Boy, as myself, I'm Puerto Rican, so yeah, I can relate to the song. Uh -huh. uh, yeah, it's right just, on. The, the funny thing is, when, when I play the song over and over, I played it about five times, the one thing comes to my mind, a freaking B-hard rated movie, a horror movie from the late 80s. This is huh. where this, this song would belong, because it just, I was waiting for like a... a like a Jason Voorhees or like a, a Killer Crown from Outer Space to come grab me. It just, yeah. it had such a funky fucking feel to it, man. I absolutely dug the track. Didn't make oh. my top five, but it was a six for sure. So, wow. Yeah, to, me, uh, to, to me, a horror movie would be um, the day he put on the album. And it was a Bon Jovi album. And it shows the guy <laughs> running really, going really slow and opening up the um um the the cover of the thing and saying you want me to put on the album and people go no and and they're all freaked out and, and they're in their ears they, explode like the guy they, from Nightmare on Street 6 when his ears explode for putting on the hearing aid he's like no I don't want to hear this shit oh, but, bam. but the but the movie stops before they actually put the album on because they don't want to torture the listeners, they have to have that for the second movie. For and they call it for those who want the pain. Uh, I, I just, I mean, me, I, I, I didn't mean like it. It sucked. I just thought it just. I don't know when I hear it, it just reminds me of one of those eighty horror songs that you hear in a movie. That you just you're waiting for it to, you know. It, oh yeah. I don't know. It's confusing for me to say. I'm trying to lose my train of thought. I'm sorry, Mark. Go ahead with your thought for the what song. Is, what is it like, Doc and Dream Warriors? <laughs> so, well, close to it, close to it. But Dream Dreamers was a great horror song for sure, man. Oh, that that yeah. fit perfect. Oh yeah, that 
perfectly in there, man. But all, uh, all I said about this song is that I like it. I like the riffage. I like the solo. I think this is a really great song. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You'll yeah. just know that. You'll just know that I use any chance that I can to diss Bon Jovi as as much as I can. So that's, I know. That's, I'll, I, 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 want, no I want to pick a Bon Jovi album one day just to piss you off. <laughs> can, can, can we do that? That would be kind of kind of crazy. I was going to sit there and uh, it was funny when you guys brought me here and asked me if I want to do an album review. I actually have three suggestions, but that's a whole nother conversation I've heard done with this. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, well let's get to the last track, which is Joseph's uh, second track that he picked off this. Mystery yep, Girl. Mystery Girl. So here's Mystery Girl by Whitford St. Holmes on the Freeform
That was Mystery Girl. Why'd you like that track, Joseph? Uh, Mystery Girl. To me, an interpretation of a Mystery Girl as myself. I'm still presently looking for, as all my friends would say, she's out there, Sato, she's out there, Joe, keep looking, keep looking. And the funny thing is, I think I might have found her last night. So I'm going to play my cards straight, man, because it is a mystery considering her age difference with me. It's not really big an issue, but I've never dated a woman that's nine years older than me, so, yeah. Um, Mystery Girl, the song is about... In my interpretation, crashing out of a woman's house, he didn't really know who she was, which is kind of odd and weird. <laughs> uh, it's cool, and it's pretty badass, and I think, honestly, it was a great song to close out the album, in my opinion. What do you think, Lee? Oh, I agree. I think it's a great song to close it out. Um, it, to me, this one does sound like Ted Nugent and Aerosmith, like they brought both those bands as if how they couldn't mix together this was like the definitive moment of if you wanted to know how would it be like for ten nugent and aerosmith um the whole band so both of them to be together this would be it so this was pretty rocking and interesting and i loved it yeah what i said about the song it's a great driving song it has rhythm great song to end a fantastic album i really enjoyed this album and i thank you lee for bringing this album up sure Yes, thank, thank you. you indeed. Yeah, thank really you cuz uh So what we yeah, do right Joseph on. at the end of this at the end of this podcast we pick a track from each of us that we want to play out the podcast with. So what track would you pick to play? Uh give me that that ACDC feel of every morning. I'll take that one. ACDC what? No, we pick a No, like no, no, a, no, like no, no, no. Not off, off the, the album. album. Oh, not off the album? Not off the album. Like oh, a, not off the album. Something to close out. Uh, <laughs> Um, any genre, pretty much anything. Anything you want, man. Uh, fuck, shit. Um, throw me some, uh, snuff it out with Slipknot. How's that? Just put snuff in there for me. Slipknot? What's the name of the song again? I didn't hear it. Snuff. S-N-U-F-F. Yep. S-N-U-F-F. And what would you pick, Lee? Um, I, I forget the exact name, but it's some, like, it doesn't, like, there's something to be wise. It's a song by Juice Priest called Like It Doesn't Hurt to Be Wise or some um I, I, I can look it up quick, but it's I think it's on the album Defenders of the Faith. But but it's um give give me um one second. Um I can actually I'm, pull up uh, my phone right now, Lee, if um, you don't I, mind. I, I'm I'm oh sure, but but I'm um got it right I think now it's young enough. myself. Um oh, oh it, it's not it's young enough to be all right, let's see. Defenders of the base. Yeah. Um. Um. Ah. Uh, it, it's either not. It, it's either on that or on Screaming for Vengeance. Um. It's screaming. Uh. Uh. Um. Um. I, I have to just put wise and just see what with that. Oh, you don't have to be old to be wise. Yeah, it's that's what British, I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. It's from British Steel. Yeah, there you go. And I'm gonna pick a new song from the Striper album, Goddamn Evil. And I'm going to pick the title track, Goddamn Evil, because that song just kicks ass. Right on. Yeah. So, uh, next week, Lee, since it's my choice, I'm going to pick two albums because they're very short. I'm going to go uh. off I'm gonna go off the rails like I did last week with AHA. I'm going to pick Boingo uh-huh. Boingo, Only a Lad, and Nothing to Fear. Okay. That's yeah. cool because um, there was a, a girl who went to our school... And then um, 
all of a sudden she started wearing her shirts tucked in and she had like Oingo Boingo shirts and some of the guys would say, hey, she likes you, go talk to her. And and I was kind of afraid because I didn't know what, but it's like she would kind of look at me a little bit, but she would wear like like two shirts tucked in. One was like um, um, a, a white t-shirt and underneath it was like um, a black and white sleeve shirt, but the t-shirt said something about jail. And so it was like a very interesting thing, but she was into Oingo Boingo. And so I've always been into that group because of her, even though I've never heard their albums. Yeah, uh, well, <laughs> Danny Elfman is a genius. I just gotta oh, yeah. say that. Yeah, he is, man. Oh, that guy sounds as hell. Oh my god, he's so good. He's done the Batman soundtracks, Spider-Man soundtracks. Mm. The Simpsons theme is from Danny Elfman. I wish yeah. they would just make another Boingo, an Oingo Boingo album. It just pisses me off, but he, I think he has hearing loss. That's why he doesn't do Oingo Boingo anymore. But he oh. brought Steve Bartek up on stage and did some did some Oingo Boingo song, Dead Man's Party, when he did the um, the concert of, uh, what's that, uh, Disney movie, uh, my girlfriend, my, my fiancé, and my uh, sissy cuz is going to hate this. I can't remember it right now. Hmm. Uh, it's the one with Jack Skeleton. Oh, the Nightmare Before Christmas. Nightmare Before Christmas, man. Yeah, that's oh, okay. it. Yeah, he did a show on that because he did the soundtrack to that, all the instrumental. So he brought Steve Bartek, the guitar player of uh, yeah. Oingo Boingo, up there and did Dead Man's Party. And I was like, damn, why wasn't I at that show? <laughs> <laughs> I see they used to play every year on Halloween, and I saw them twice, and they were so good. They're oh, such wow. a very underrated band, and uh, Danny Elfman gets more play with his soundtracks now, with instrumentations. Huh. But Oingo Boingo was such a great band. Yeah, it's he like said in, in... it's like Devo. Oh. You know, you don't hear much yeah. Devo, but Oingo Boingo's in a genre Devo. Yeah, he he once said in an interview that um, probably the reason why his rock music was so interesting because. He was influenced by everything but rock, and that and that he wasn't influenced by any rock at all, and so that it was strange for him to do rock because he was influenced by other things. Well, the original name of Oingo Boingo was the Mystic Knights of the Oingo Boingo when his brother started the band, and then he took huh. over the band and it became Oingo Boingo. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just love Danny Elfman. He's so awesome. I wish his voice is so unique. You you never hear somebody sing like him. And C. Bartek is such an oh, underrated yeah. guitar player. And then you got Vatos on drums. Freaking great drummer. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. So uh, thank you, uh, Joseph, for coming on our podcast, man. Yeah, thank you man. So much it's an honor and a pleasure being here with you guys. Maybe we can do it again sometime. Yeah, we could do it. Yeah. And we'll right let on. you pick the album next time. Oh uh-huh. shit! Don't don't let me do that. So. <laughs> that could be we'll, disastrous. We'll yep. let you pick it, man. Oh, right on, right, right on. All right, man. Well, thank you guys for being on. Oh, Lee's always here. Thank you, Lee's my partner and brother. And right, freaking don't you. mess with him on his Facebook live feeds. Don't freaking turn him into Facebook, or we're gonna come after you. Yeah, we're gonna come after you, and we're gonna hack your shit up, man, into a million pieces, courtesy of Jason Voorhees' sal, baby. Woohoo! <laughs> Lee, Lee for Pressman, 2020. Lee's our that brother. That would be cool. And he has some freaking killer tracks, killer songs, 
It's a killer poetry. Yeah. Don't killer fuck poetry. with him. Yeah, don't fuck with him. As a matter of fact, um, let, let me throw in here a little bit on that, man. Yeah. Like I said in my live video feed earlier, man, my man, his time is precious to all of us, okay? Everybody's time is precious. And when somebody's taking their time out to show what they do creatively and, and yeah. want to share it with you, let them share with you. Don't sit there yeah. and interrupt. Don't sit there and make a negative comment. If you got something bad to say or just don't like someone in, in general, fucking unfriend them. There's an unfriend button on Facebook, okay? There are tons and tons of great people out there who follow Lee Gertzman. And when he does these performances, whether it's poetry, whether it's a keyboard performance, or just speaking his mind, shut up and enjoy what the man is saying and what he's doing. And if you don't like the comments I'm saying, you can come bash me, report me on Facebook. You can find me under Joseph Santana, a.k.a. DJ Sato, and come report me because you know what? Lee is the man. Check out his Gertzman's Garage of Music and other fetishes. And come right check on. out Freeform Rock Podcast with Mark Taylor and Lee Gertzman because they're on the map, baby. Till next right time, on. this is Sato. I'm out. All right, man. Take care, hey, thank bro. you for that. So we're gonna we're gonna get you guys out of here with. Um, let's see. I'm kind of I'm a little buster. Slipknot. Young to be wise. What, what's a Slipknot? Snuff it out. Slipknot. We're gonna snuff, snuff, snuff. That means to put out the fire, but not let it stop. Snuff it out, and then Judas Priest. You don't have to be young to be wise, and then Striper. Goddamn evil. So until next time on the Freeform Rock Podcast, this is Mark and Lee Gershman and our friend uh, Joseph Santana. Take it sleazy, man. Cheers. And take Cheers. it easy. Bye. <laughs> what am I going to do with you? Everything.
Now let's get into the promos. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. I wanna rock. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. You gotta fight for your right. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. We've got Bush. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. That's right, bangers. Cold beer, hot women, loud music, and copious amounts of hairspray and spandex every Sunday, 9 p.m. Eastern. The Big Bushy Power Hour is the biggest party on that metal station.com. Ear Peeler, the podcasting and interview news site to keep up with your favorite bands or artists and the podcasts or interviews where they appear. Go to earpeeler.com to find out what we're all about. You haven't listened to Mars Attacks podcast? What are you waiting for, man? Host Victor M. Ruiz brings you all types of hard rock and metal-based podcasts. You'll find everything from music-based episodes, interviews, to series such as ultra-sexy classic album series, where some of your favorite musicians, producers, journalists, and show hosts comments on the albums that push the evolutionary chains of hard rock and metal. Get with it and go to MarsAttacksRadio.com to find out more. Punch it! Get blasted! From New York. Hey, 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 hey! What up, bangers? From North Carolina. Skitter pal, meow meow. This is Bushy. And the Mountain. Tune in every week for your listening pleasure only on the plug with Bushy and the Mountain Man. You can find us on Podbean and iTunes. Thank you very much. Hey, this is Lee Gerstmann, and if you like to hear some stuff that's like, you don't know what it's going to be, and even if it's stuff that I don't even know what it's going to be, check me out on what I call the Lee Gerstmann Show, and it's just me doing reviews, or me doing horsing around, or whatever I'm doing, check it out, please. You have just listened to the Freeform Rock Podcast. All music played on the Freeform Rock Podcast belongs to its owner. If you like it, go out and buy it. Get your music on Amazon, iTunes, or at your local record store. Support what you love. Support the artist by seeing them live. Purchase their music. The Freeform Rock Podcast is not affiliated with any of the artists or music that we play. Thank you for listening to the Freeform Rock Podcast. We'll see you on the next episode. Until next time, stay free and rock on.